Okay, so I think I've I think I've got it recorded. Wait, I gotta get my notebook. And, nope. Oh. What? I, I gotta get a drink to it. Hold just a second. Okay. Well. Okay. Well. So I think it's going. All right. Um, Wait, do you need anything? Yeah, I probably have to go to the bathroom, but... Yeah. <laughs> well, it, you know, I'm old. Is it recording? Oh, yeah, it is. Oh, wait, what is this? Oh, this is the... Truly Unlimited Podcast. Here we go. All right. Hello, everyone. Thank you again for joining us on the Truly Unlimited Podcast. I am Don Bruce. And I'm Jeff Plunkett. And today, we're glad you could join with us to talk about God. Today's subject is He Shared in Their Humanity, and we are reading Hebrews 2, verses 5 through 18. And Jeff? Oh, I'm, I'm reading. The, oh, I can okay. read it. Yeah, yeah let's, okay. let's, go with, let's go with yours. All right. You go for it. We didn't, you know, decide this before. Yeah, we, we we've, have been <laughs> talking for probably the last hour, hour and a half. Um, and it was an amazing conversation. You missed it. So, <laughs> all right. But yes, yeah, so we didn't talk about who was going to read. So hopefully all right. your leftovers are still good. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yes. Yes. Here. If it's an egg roll, I'm sorry. Those are not very good leftover. <laughs> Here we go. It, Hebrews 2 verses 5 through 18. And I'm reading from the NIV. It is not to angels that he has subjected the world to come about which we are speaking, but there is a place where someone has testified. What is mankind that you are mindful of them, a son of man that you care for him? You made them a little lower than the angels. You crowned them with glory and honor and put everything under their feet. In putting everything under them, God left nothing that is not subject to them. Yet at present, we do not see everything subject to them, but we do see Jesus, who was made lower than the angels for a little while, now crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death, so that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. In bringing many sons and daughters to glory, it was fitting that God, for whom and through whom everything exists, should make the pioneer of their salvation, perfect through what he suffered. Both the one who makes people holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. He says, I will declare your name to my brothers and sisters. In the assembly, I will sing your praises. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, he says, here am I and the children God has given me. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is, the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. For surely it is not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. For this reason, he had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. 
Thank you, Don. Thank you for reading that. I greatly appreciate that. Um, so I understand that there is, there is much within this passage of Scripture, and we're not going to try to unpack all of that. We have really one objective, and that is um, in verse 14, where it talks about shared in their humanity. And really, that here's what we mean by that, that Jesus came into the flesh. He took on flesh. He took on our suffering. He joined with us. For what purpose? Why? I mean, that's, that's really the question that we want to just kind of have a conversation about is why did Jesus take on flesh? Why didn't he join in our humanity? Why did he share in our humanity? Why was that necessary? Why was that important? Um, and it's a... It, it, and we had a, a fantastic conversation before we started recording. We did. We don't have a recording of it, so we can't prove it. You'll just have to take our word for it. <laughs> um, but there was so much that came out of that. But we want to really just, just explore this one question. Why? Why did Jesus take on flesh to join with us, to share in our humanity? Um. And so here's, here's one direction we want to go with that, and that is that you understand two objectives. There are two, there are two ways, let me put it this way, there are two ways to tell the story. There is a joining story, and there is an apart story. There is a with story, and there's an apart story. There's a joining, and a, a, there's an attachment and a detachment story. Um, we've talked about this in the past. God's core nature, at the core of who God is, is unity, joining. Um, he is three persons, all in one. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Nothing, you know, as we've talked about in our conversation before, um, these wonderful people joined us, um, is you talked about Jesus didn't become Jesus at the moment of his birth. He was always Jesus. He was always part of, of right. the Godhead. And he, um, I, I believe that there were times in the Old Testament that he took on his human form. Yeah. Um, I, I even wrote some of this down, and it still goes with the joining, you know, whenever God is walking in the garden mm. with Adam and Eve. There's that human element of that, of him walking. Right. You know, and, and when Jacob was wrestling. Mm. Nice. And, and, and the thought of that being, you know, if you think of that as wrestling with the Lord, wrestling I, I believe it truly could be Jesus in human form yeah that he was wrestling with him and what was the purpose of that it was that joining of Jacob with God right. or even when the fourth man in the fiery furnace mm. excellent that was still another aspect of him joining mm. with us and so there are multiple times through even the Old Testament, where I believe that Jesus came, God came in human form. Yes, 
Yeah. Yeah. In, in another very, very important thing to understand, and this is, this is an assumption we make about who God is. That's, that's the first question. And again, we've talked about this in previous podcasts. One of them was called the unlimited God. And that's, that's, that's the concept that we want you to understand here is think of it in these terms. Think about if, if you know anything about um, what um, uh, astronomers say about the universe and about the expanse of the universe. Um, and it's not that, that, you know, just understand that God spoke all of that into existence. So the expanse of the universe, which is mostly theoretical and mathematical, we've, we have no physical evidence of what's out there. We just have mathematical assumptions um, about most of it, the, the vast majority of it. Um, in disagreement on even how to arrive at those. Right. Um, that's, that's just honest truth. Um, but, so th- think of it in these terms. God spoke it all into existence. Whatever all of that means, understand this, that God is unlimited. And I don't mean like really, really special, really, really gifted. I don't mean like better than us. I mean unlimited. Nothing else Nothing else is unlimited, only God. All right. So so when you talk about Jesus coming in the form, fourth man in the furnace, that it's him joining with us. Here's, here's, here's what I want you to understand. If God was limited in his nature, if God was just a little bit better than us, a little bit bigger than us, um, if he was on top of a mount, you know, on top of the mountain, Mount Olympus, like like the Greeks Olympus, had right. Zeus, which was on top of Mount Olympus, which was this very difficult place to get to, but attainable, right? Or even think about uh, the Tower of Babel, and and the people came together and let, hey, let's build this tower and let's rise ourselves up to the level of God. Look, understand that that was such a ridiculous thing. It's such a ridiculous concept of from in contrast of who God is. God is unlimited. So we it you know they're building this pathetic little tower trying to get to a level of God and, and I'm going to make a point here in just a moment. So I'm not just babbling for no reason. Although it seems like it. Um, <laughs> but it's such a pathetic concept of, oh, well, I can just rise up to this level, and that's really, really a, a measurement of achievement. Big whooping deal. Doesn't matter because, okay, so you've ris- risen to some higher point than other people, but you have not even remotely gotten close to the, the expanse, the unlimited nature of God. Okay. So how would we join with the unlimited God? Understand your concept of who God is is essential to all of this, to to understanding Scripture. Absolutely. Because if it's about you attaining some measure, higher measurability, then it's pathetic. It's like rising to the top of the mountain, but it's just a mountain. It's just a mountain, and there are uh, there are scripture references that talk. It's just a mountain, and he will bring them low. He will he will bring them down to nothing because it's just a mountain. 
big deal. You rise to the top of a mountain, big deal. You climb to the top of Mount Everest, big deal. Look, I can't do it. I can barely climb a, a flight of stairs without being out of breath. So I, I, more power to you if you can climb Mount Everest. I'm not disrespecting that is a, is a human being. But in contrast to God, it's nothing. It's just a very small piece of the whole universe. Yeah, it's it, it, it's it, it. I always say it this way: we're a speck on a speck on a speck on a speck on a speck. So if you climb up to the top of a little bump on a speck, okay, good for you. Right. I can't do it. Props to you. I got great respect for you as a human being. But if if we see that is we get to the top of the mountain and we go, wow, look how vast and how great I am. You are fantastic in contrast to me physically, but you've achieved nothing in contrast to God. Nothing. And I, when I say nothing, I mean nothing. Missing the point. Yes. <laughs> you've achieved nothing. Zero in contrast to God. So here's the point. What's the point of this? The objective, God's objective, God's only objective for us is joining with him. How will we join with this unlimited God? How will we join with this God? Will we do it through achievement of climbing Mount Everest? Will we do it through achievement of, of a, obtaining a set of rules, maintaining a set of, of rules? Will we, will we do it through achievement of, of competition, of being better than the next person next to us? I pray more, I read my Bible more, I go to church more, I talk about God more. That's still competition. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and big deal. Right. Big deal. It makes sense because now, again, if God is just slightly above us, he's just a better version of us, if he's a perfected version of us, if he's a creation of our own figment of imagination, if he is the solution, if he is the solution for our needs, desires, fears, and experiences, if that's all that he is, if he is continued, continually tethered to those four things, and he's just slightly better, or we can bring him out you know, we have membership with him. We, we joked about it earlier, and we'll have, a, we'll have a podcast somewhere in the future where we come up with all these, these silly but really sad descriptions of God. Like, if he's the Amazon God, right? No, I have membership, and so I get, you know, special delivery privileges, privileges and then I get these solutions to, oh, well, you know, I need a filter. Okay, so I order a filter. I need a special light for my refrigerator, which I just ordered one the other day, and it comes in. Great. I need this. Thanks, God. I can even speak it to a little box in my house and it order it. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, Amazon is just like prayer. <laughs> Yes. But and and understand that we're we're not saying that God doesn't care about us. Right. But what we're saying is that if our viewpoint of him hinges on our needs, wants, desires, things like that, then that's a 
futile attempt to reach him mm. because what if he you feel like your needs wants and desires are not being met then does that shake your viewpoint of god where if we look at it from the other side of joining with him the sole purpose is joining with him whether i live or whether i die mm. whether i have everything yeah. or have nothing mm. If the if the concept is joining with him, then his provision for us is great, but it is not the reason that I live for him and and um, join with who he is. Yeah. Yeah, good. And how do we do that? What's the what? How what's the how do we achieve joining with God? It's through this. We just read it. It is Him joining with us, and our our joining with Him is simply just surrendering to that. Right. It is join. He did the work. He shared in our humanity. Because him joining with our humanity, him joining with our humanity was the only way. You cannot, look, what's the point of all of, all of, of his conversations with the Pharisees and the Sadducees who, who were rules, rules keepers? It was all about achieving rules, achieving, right. achieving dominance over one another by being better than but he he it, it and, and again big deal you guys are seeing it from you are a speck on a speck on a speck on a speck looking out and going how can i come up higher how can i get up above my my fellow human beings and if I can do that, then surely I can I can earn the attention of God. And his in his point was, God is already attentive of you endlessly. Right. He's already attentive. It's not about your achievement. It's not about your earning. It's not about you you being better than. It's not that at all. It's him taking on our flesh sharing in our humanity so that he frees those who are all there and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. And um, talking about that joining again, and and you'll hear this a lot in our podcasts, but Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ Mm. and I no longer live but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Hmm. And in that joining, it doesn't say that I live and he rides around with me most of the time, Hmm. you know, or he shows up here and there. No, he is truly integrated within who we are. He, he, what I want, not there yet, 
But what I want is to be at the place that every thought, every cell, every part of who I am is not just influenced by him, but what's the word I'm thinking, but overtaken, um, Mm. enveloped Mm. by who he is. Yeah. 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 You, you know, I referenced the passage all the time, Colossians 3, 2, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. And that, that word minds is thoughts and feelings. It is both those things. It's not just your thinking. So I'm going to think God thoughts. <laughs> no, it's, 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 an, it's a total integration of who we are joining with the things above. And what are the things above? Things are above or joining is the nature of God. It is the glory of God. It is the unlimited nature of God. When we say the unlimited nature of God, we're talking about the glory of God. We're not talking about his, we're not just talking about what he can do for you. Because that's not, that's not the glory of God. If you're, if, you know, if we, if we simply think about what he can do for us, if our measurement of God, hmm, I'm, I'm about to get fired up, <laughs> and there's 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 some there's some rejoicing in what I'm about to say, and then there's some frustration in what I'm about to say. But if our measurement of God is based on what He can do for us, and whether He did it for us, I mean, I, I'm going to tell you that that phrase, "Didn't He do it?" That goes all over me. It frustrates me. And yes, he did. But what did he do? Did he do what I asked him to do? Did he do what I liked him to do? What I, did he do what I think? Look, I've said this before on, on podcasts. I have 100% faith in God's goodness. I have 100% faith in God's goodness. I have 0% faith in my ability to know what is good. I have zero faith in our ability to understand and conceptualize what is good. But what I can do is I can, but because it is within our design, and this will be in our next podcast, but um, because it is within our design, God has, has designed us to focus on him, to see him, to glorify him, to see his unlimited glory, to extend an unconditional positive regard. I think that's from our previous podcast. Um, to extend that regard to him, it's within our design. It's not difficult. But if we focus on us, if we focus on apartness, if we focus on, on, on detaching ourselves from God by our own survival, by our, by our own needs, by our own concept, then we're trying to, to create this, this perspective of living that is only bringing God in whenever the chips are down, only bringing God in when there's difficulty, when we couldn't make it to the end zone and we need a three-point kick. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, God is not your your place kicker. This and when a- he's the best in the NFL and then he hits the goalpost on each side, 
during a major game, which happened yesterday, (laughs) (laughs) then, then what do we do? Right. Do we fire him? Do we decide he's not as important to us? I mean, I'm saying if we're looking at this in God Mm -hmm. and we expect him to do a certain thing and he doesn't follow through with our expectations, Mm -hmm. where does that leave us? All I'm when every time I bring that up, what I'm just trying to say, I'm trying to point out how futile our human thinking is Mm -hmm. when we say that he's this great God, we say that he's all-knowing and all-powerful, but yet the moment that things don't line up with what we expect, then all of a sudden we tend to knock him down a little bit. Right. Well, he wasn't as great. We would never say this, but in our mind, there's this thought of, well, he maybe he's not as great mm-hmm. as I think I thought he was, or somebody said he was. Right. Because he wasn't the solution to our win. Right. I want to win. How do I get this? I need a three-point kick. Exactly. Enough to take me over the top and, and have the win. And look, there is no alternative metaphor here. There is no Right. Here's the thing. It's about joining with him joining with his nature it's not about a win right it's not about a a the survival of your flesh it's not about that he didn't come so that your flesh could survive right yeah he didn't come so that you could have a win he shared in our humanity he shared in our suffering he shared in that why so that he could extend the invitation of joining with him right no other reason right that's it you know the a few days ago when Jeff and I were talking we were talking about maturity Hmm. and and if you look at these two things where it's our side of human thinking or the other side of of joining with God of his sole purpose of that you know when we are our children and adolescents there's so much more selfish motives or selfish understanding now for some it just continues on through adulthood physical adulthood um and it's the same within our human, <laughs> this seems like a dichotomy, human spiritual lives, <laughs> mm. or at least our spiritual lives with our human thinking. And when we're, you know, as, as the Bible says, when we're babies and we're infants need milk for our sustenance, and it talks about that, of, of that maturity, you know, that point where we get to know the deep things of God. Mm. Well, I'm not going to get to the place that I know the deep things about someone until I am fully integrated with them and begin to really know who they are and what they're about. Mm -hmm. And we spend so much time on God as our genie God or Amazon God or different things like that where we are wanting him to meet our needs. Mm -hmm. 
And that is such an immature mindset that we have just boxed him up according to who I am. And there's no way that I can create boundaries or a box for the infinite, ultimate God based on my personal self. That doesn't work. And when we come to a place of maturity, and I'm, and I'm definitely still working on this. We all continue to work on this. But when we come to a place of spiritual, beginning to reach spiritual maturity, then I believe that we're understanding a little bit more of who God is and that he's more, not just more. That's, that's even the wrong word for somebody who's unlimited and infinite. Mm-hmm. But he is more than all that we could have thought or expected or demands we put upon him. It is so much greater, so much deeper than that, that we cannot fathom. And to think that we try to box him in according to our thoughts and desires and wants and our understanding of even what we think he's telling us in the Bible, of relating to ourselves, mm. all of that is wrong. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring in, a, 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 in addition to this part of the conversation that's going to seem very distant from our passage here, but it is right on target, and it's right on target with what you just said. So, um, as you know, I'm a counselor. Um, that's part of my profession. I have lots of different things that I do in my profession, but, but in counseling, and one of those, one of the counseling um, uh, objectives that I have is marriage counseling. And here's what, here's what happens in, here's what I see in marriage counseling, um, is that whether it's a newlywed couple or it's a couple that's, that's been together for a while and they're struggling, um, Here's what I see is the question is, how will this person meet my need? How will they cure my fear? How will they, how will they, they meet the wants and desires of my life? Um, and how can they improve my experiences? Now, if you if you've been paying attention, we've we we often define our God based on, and I said the exact same four things: wants, needs, fears, and experiences. We define God based on that. Now, here's what happens in a couple's relationship. Um, so, if if an individual, whether it's they they come into a, a couple's relationship with with some some fears based on their past maybe it's from their childhood maybe it's from their their um, something related to their parent maybe it's a, a previous relationship um, maybe it's something um, a relationship with their parent you know the, in their parents relationship and so they come into it based on a fear okay so how is that other individual going to um, impact my fear? How are they going to negate 
my fear? How are they going to be the solution for the fear that I have? Now, here's what happens, though. When you walk into a, a relationship, whether it be a, you know, especially in this case, we're talking about marriage relationship. When you walk into a marriage relationship and you're coming in, into it from a place of fear, Fear is a place of infinite emptiness, and we, you know, we had a previous podcast when we talked about fear. Uh, but when you come into a relationship based on fear, you are looking for things that prove your fear. You're not, you're not walking into this based on positive assumptions, positive regard. You're not walking into your relationship um, with unconditional love, you're walking into it going, how will, how will you solve my fear? But if in, in, that, in the course of how will this person solve my fear, you're looking for proof of your fear. Right. Right? Because right. It's, it's, the foremost, it's the foremost part of your thinking and your feeling. But remember what we said earlier, the reference that I said earlier, Colossians 3, 2, set your minds on things above. And what is that? That Greek word that's translated minds means your thinking and your feeling. So it's set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. It is positive regard. What is God about? God is unconditional positive regard of you. If you don't agree with that, you haven't read Scripture even one time. <laughs> Right, right. Um, if you if you think he's 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 just thinking negatively about you, you haven't read scripture. Spend some time thinking about how he thinks about you. He thinks highly of you. I don't remember the scripture reference, but but I remember a friend of mine. Whenever he he discovered that passage, that meant something very significant to him that God could think highly of him instead of him thinking, I'm afraid God's thinking poorly of me because he thought of you long before you were ever created. Okay. Um, I, see I was just going to say, and David worked yeah, through this because yeah. in the psalm, if, if you read anything, if you're wondering about that, read psalms mm -hmm. because that's where David is working through this, but so much of it is where he is realizing the, the um, personal nature that God has and cares yeah, yeah. for us. Yeah, good. Yeah, and so, look, and the, the point that I'm, I'm making here is that the nature of God is not dependent upon your needs, wants, fears, or experiences. Right. The, the, the goodness of God is not based on your needs, wants, fears, or experiences. The, the purpose of God is not based on your needs, wants, fears, or experiences. Just like your marriage relationship is not, mm -hmm. is not, I repeat, <laughs> your marriage relationship is not based on your needs, wants, fears, or experiences. The marriage relationship is a symbol. It is a reflection of our relationship with God. And what is our relationship with God? It is 
an extension of unconditional positive regard. We call it love, agape right. love. It's an extension of that. It is an assumption of the other that is positive, majestic, glorious. It is, a, it is an assumption of glory. And with God, look, with my spouse, she is equally with me limited in capacity. Right. But my, my, my love for her is unlimited because it is sourced from the unlimited God. But my regard of God is unlimited because he is unlimited. So it, right. in, it, but again, understand the reason why we bring this into this particular passage and go, what does this passage have to do with marriage? What does this have to do with, with love? What does this have to, everything, <laughs> just, just everything, that's all. Um, because this is, this is God. In his unlimited capacity, in his unlimited, in unlimited ways, joining with, extending to us the, the invitation to join in a personal invitation by coming in the flesh. He didn't send a card. He didn't send an email. He sent himself in the form of us taking on our suffering through perfect suffering, providing salvation to us as an invitation in flesh to free those who all their lives were held in slavery by the fear of death, fear of the temporal, fear of detachment, detachment, apartness. I know that's not a real word, but it is now. (laughs) Um, Death is being apart from God. Death, sin, hell, selfishness, survival, temporal, achievement or earning, measurable, flesh. These are all things, and this is, this is um, something we're working on to add on our, our website. But all of those things are on the apart from God's side. But all the things that are on the joining with God's side are the words with, life, holiness, heaven, Surrender, joining, permanent, unconditional, unmeasurable, spirit. Those are all things on the joining with God's side. What is the objective? God has one objective. Joining with him. And it's not just a rescue. Exactly. You know, we talked about because in in pieces of what he the list he read, you know, you have the the difference between heaven and hell. And and so many times what we talk about in Christian circles has to do with, okay, well, you know, when we're saved, it's like our passport has been stamped Mm -hmm. so we can enter into heaven. And that's the ultimate goal is for us to be in heaven and not hell. And that is a piece of what we will experience but it's only a location 
it's not the purpose. Mm -hmm. It's not why he came. He didn't come to stamp our passport. Right. He came to offer us a, a place with him, a place to be near him mm -hmm. and, and with him. And, and heaven is a piece of that, but it's only a piece of it. It's not the goal. Right. Yeah. In, in, in the with, you know, she said with him, you know, again, think of heaven is the place of permanent with him. Okay. But his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven with him now. Abide with him now. Right. It is the now. The only difference between the now is if you are joining with the glory of God. The only difference between the now and the then is there's no dust. Right. There is no evidence of apartness then. That's right. the only difference. The only difference between the now and heaven is that in heaven you won't look around and, get, and see any evidence of any death, any apartness, any detachment from God. Right. There is no opportunity for apartness from God. And again, when I say death, that's apartness from God. When I say sin, that's apartness from God. Because when we have no, where it says that he freed all those who were held in slavery by their fear of death, once we accept that invitation from him to join with him, then death may affect our clay shell that we have. But that's it. That's it because we abide with him here within our clay shell. Mm -hmm. Or even when it's gone, it hasn't changed in our abiding with him. If we have joined with him, then we still are living with him. Mm -hmm. Whether we're here or there, whether we have a clay shell that's breaking down, or whether we have a renewed, glorified body. Right, right. Heaven as a place is a place, but that's not the objective. Right. Because that's an eventual someday objective, and I'm just going to figure it out between now and then. And that's that is such a fleshly perspective of rescue and 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 changing the temporal into something permanent it's silly and i want to say it, it really the more i think about it the more it hurts my heart because you yes. see so many people that you know that they believe god's real mm -hmm. and they even have points in their life where they've seemed to grow closer to him, but they still struggle day to day and constantly with 
things within themselves and 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 question and agonize mm. over their lives. And I'm not saying that some of us may not experience better things and some worse. It's the thing is is it's not about that. And it hurts my heart that when we end up with this viewpoint that it is just about us because we miss so much. And I'm just on the cusp of understanding this. I mean, I don't have full completion of it. That's mm-hmm. part of what we work through. But, but the idea of the futility of life in itself when we're struggling with our day-to-day and things aren't working and why isn't this happening. And if we don't have that abiding with God within us, then, it, then it, it's devastating. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Can I, let me, let me wrap it up um, this way and, and, and thank you for sharing that again. Um, we're equating detachment from God to death, sin, hell, etc. We're we're equating attachment to God or joining with, unifying with God, with the words with, life, holiness, heaven, etc. Okay. Right. I want you to consider. Death, sin, apartness, separation from God. And the only objective God has for you, because it's within his nature of joining with him, is I quote a very familiar passage. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, Mm -hmm. I'm walking on this earth in the valley of the shadow of death apartness. I look around me and I see evidence of the potential for apartness, for death, for separation from God. And I am walking through this world mm-hmm. and I am, I am seeing evidence of that. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. You my rock, my staff, you comfort me. What did it say? You are with me. Right. This great shepherd, the unlimited God is with. Again, with. I'm not waiting on heaven for him to be with me. Exactly. <laughs> That's the point, is we are the opportunity to join with God in the now. The invitation is here, and the evidence of that is right here. He came in the flesh. He came in the flesh. So what we're saying is it's not some eventual joining with God. It's not some eventually we'll be with God. Yes, we'll be with him face to face. We will Now we see it through a glass darkly, but then we will see him face to face. Yes, we still deal with the shadow of death now right but he's saying he took on 
um, shared in their humanity so that by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death. Right. Again, what is death? Death is separation, separation from God. In it, it, <laughs> Look, we confuse things by making it complicated and it's about this and this nuance and this little thing. Look, it's about two things. It is either about joining with God or separating from God. It is about joining with God and being with God, not just eventually, but I mean in the now. Joining with his unlimited glory, or it is joining with your own selfish survival and figuring out how to make it without him or right. just make it with his occasional help so he can kick the three-point goal in case you, you might need it for a win. <laughs> it's not about that at all. It's about joining with God. Even though I walk through the valley, the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for he is with me. Right. That's the key. Right. Abide. Yes, Absolutely. Absolutely. Good stuff. Don, thank you again. Another great conversation. I mean, there's so much more to this that, man, I just really hope people are are beginning to get this. Um, We're beginning to get it. Right. We've been growing in this for a while. And now there's an alarm on a car outside. Yeah, we've had we've hear. had siren. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear it. Yes, I don't know. I hope it's not my car. All right, <laughs> but it is. Oh, say la vie. All right. Well, it's glad you're joined with us again again today. Oh, I can't even talk now. We're good thing we're ending. Um, <laughs> we are so glad that you joined with us again today, and we hope that you join with us next time. The next one is by God's design, and that will be a great podcast, I'm believing. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Thank you. Bye-bye. To learn more about the Truly Unlimited podcast, Alethe's resources, No One Dismissed, a comprehensive ministry plan for addressing intense emotional pain, or our other resources, go to alethesresources.com. And Alethes is spelled A-L-E- T-H-E-S, LATHESresources.com, or find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram.